there's several people in here this morning that is fighting some health problems and you're in fear. Number one, the man that you think you're losing your sight, I want you to come and sit on the front row up here with me this morning. Come on here, sir. See, the devil wants to put fear on you when you have a symptom. Just sit right on this front row while I preach there, brother. Uh, you're gonna, your sight is going to improve as the service go along. Right. Just there, right there. Amen. Amen. Now, who Amen. else has got a problem? You're fighting something, and, 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 you're, and, and God, the devil is dealing with you, and you're uncertain what it is, and you're operating in some fear. I'm telling you, God's going to help you this morning if you'll listen to me. Where are you at? Anyone? Young lady, will you come and sit with me up front today? Because I like to have you close here when God starts moving. Just sit on the front row right here. Anyone else? See, he wants to tear you up with fear. The message is for y'all this morning. And the message is for about five or six more that um, aren't here today. Uh, bring the young man, the, uh, uh, bring Colonel up here if he wants to come. Y'all all can come and sit right up here with him. You guys just move over and let them sit right there. Thank God for the Holy Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Man, well, glory. I'd like to be somewhere where I believe that God talked to, to somebody uh, that can give him a word that can help someone. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's not just for these. Anybody else can have it uh, if you want it. But I'm going to preach a message this morning on I judge him faithful. No matter what you think, no matter what the news media said, no matter what Aunt Lucy says, Uncle Harry says, it doesn't matter what they say. It's what you say. Do you judge him faithful to take care of your situation? You may be seated. Well, we probably done already had church. Sometimes we see, leave the lights off for me back here, brother. Sometimes um, we see that God wants to move and we just let Him move. Amen? You'll never understand the magnificence of Jesus until you understand the magnitude of the Father. You'll never understand the magnificence of Jesus. And He's magnificent until you understand how big God is. Let me tell you something. God's big enough for whatever problem we're facing today. What we got to do is have faith and believe He's able to do it. You know, in the Bible, in, um, in Genesis, we see God, and when He came on the scene, uh, we know in Genesis that the Bible says there was nothing, Right? Well, how did God get something? He spoke the Word. He spoke the Word and said, let it be. And so in our situation, I've been there, and, 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 and it's hard when you're going through things, and you're fighting things, uh, and the devil wants to put all kind of obstacles against you, that you're not going to get it, you're not going to be able to, to uh, succeed. But our God, somebody say, our God is bigger than your situation. 
Now, in Hebrews 11th chapter, we see the book, and we're not going to go through that, but if you'll read Hebrews 11th chapter, you'll see what faith is and how uh, the, the, the people of God moved on faith and believe in God. Hebrews 11th chapter says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, a lot of us, is right, we stop right there. We're hoping. But we hadn't seen the results yet. I like this right here. He said, the evidence of things not seen. And then in my Bible, I wrote yet. Y-E-T. I read it like this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen yet. By faith, verse 3, we understand that the worlds were framed... How did the world get into existence? It was framed. How do you, what do you, when you build a house, what do you do? You frame a house. You frame the house. The worlds were, were framed by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. God worked in an invisible realm and created everything we see today. That's how big God is. We go over into in Genesis, and, and, and we see where uh, He came upon the scene in Genesis, the 12th chapter. And He told Abraham in Genesis 12, 1, He told Abraham, get away from your family and from your country. One of the biggest problems we have, we're hanging around without non-belief in our families. You need to get away from your families that don't believe, and get away with somebody that believes where you can receive. But he told Abraham, he said, get away from your family in Genesis, the 12th chapter. Now, nowhere in Genesis 12 did it say Abraham was rich. He just said, he told Abraham, get away and I'm going to bless you. And he also told Abraham then that, that all generations would be blessed because of his faith of Abraham. You're blessed today because Abraham obeyed the voice of the Lord. Thank God that you get to heaven, you need to look up, brother Abraham. And, and tell him thank you for what for believing God. I just believe God. So he told Abraham, "Get away from here. Get away from your country." So Abraham left in Genesis the twelfth chapter. But I thought this is very interesting because in Genesis the thirteenth chapter, one chapter. Now I don't know how many years that was. I've not read anything where any theologian said uh, how many years it was. But in Genesis, the 13th chapter, verse 2, the Bible says, Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Now, very rich is more than rich. It's a little bit above rich. So here is because he obeyed God and listened to the voice of God, he left his land and left, and in one chapter, he became very rich. Well, I appreciate all the excitement this morning, but I thought that was good that if God could, if God could take a man who had nothing, and in one chapter, he's very rich, he's a big God. He is a big God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I have judged God faithful all my, well, I won't say all my life, but August 22nd, 1990, after I got saved, I started judging him faithful that He was able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever ask for. 
My God has got it all, you understand. The Bible says He has a cattle on a thousand hills. So if I need something, I ought to be able to petition my Father for that. I was talking to, to, to where, uh, see where God has been with us so long. Uh, uh, you know, when I, we were in Panama, and I was talking to Mike and Deborah this morning, and they were in, they were in the Jeep with me. So I want you to understand that this is verified. We had gone to pick them up in Panama City, and we was tra- traveling up, I think it's Highway 1, I don't know, going back to Bocchetti. And it was at night. And we were traveling, and my interpreter was driving the Jeep, and I was sitting in the front of the Jeep. And it's at nighttime. One, uh, two-lane road. And so, as we're traveling that night, we're going up San Felix Mountain. It's a high mountain where we worked with the Indian children there. So we're going up this mountain at night. My interpreter decided, and this mountain is like this, right, Mike? It is up. So all of a sudden, Arturo decides that he's going to pass this slow vehicle on this mountain. He pulls out from behind this car. And as he pulls in the other lane, there's a tractor trailer coming over the hill right at us. Arturo pulls over to what we thought was the side of the road. The truck come by. And Mike said, because I asked him this morning to make sure that this store is right. And Mike said, well, he said, after we got over off of the side of the road and got back, uh, I was hot. I was real hot. Let me say, just say this. Jesus wasn't operating in my life at that very moment. So we, 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 had, an, had, we had a discussion. And so... The next morning, I tell Enrique, who he traveled this road every Monday and come back every Saturday night. He was president of Trinity Broadcasting in Panama City. So he traveled this road. He lived in Panama. He knew this road. So the next morning, I'm telling Enrique, I said, Enrique, I said, we're coming up San Felix Hill last night. And I said, man, I thought we was a goner. I said, Arturo pulled out on the mountain. And pulled out, and there's a tractor trailer coming, and and he pulls off to the side of the road, and and I thought we were going to get hit. He said, "Brother Herbie, that is a sheer cliff." He said, "There is no side road. There's nothing to pull off to." He said, "I'm telling you that there's no way that he pulled off to the left of that mountain because it's a sheer cliff." I said, I don't know what happened. I'm telling you that we pulled off. Am I telling you the truth? And I said, we pulled off the side of that mountain, and we stopped, and that truck come by. He said, absolutely impossible. You would have gone off the mountain. What a mighty God we serve. Let me tell you something. We serve a God 
that suspend. I don't know how he done it. I don't care how he done it. But all I know is he's faithful, bless God. And he took care of the situation. And I don't know how the car got suspended. I don't know how it got descended back. But I know that we are here today as a result because we serve a faithful God. We serve a God that is faithful, bless God. If we believe Him, He will move on our behalf. Well, I, I, I hope that encourages you. I'm telling you that we ain't going through nothing that God can't help us through, bless God. You may not have a, 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 a dollar this morning, this afternoon, you can be rolling in it, bless God. If he done it for Abraham, my God, if he done it for Abraham, he ought to be able to do it for me. I've been with and I've been without, but I can tell you one thing, with is a whole lot better than without. And with, are you guys cold? I mean, y'all are shaking like, is it cold in here? Well, I'm going to try to hotten you up. Now, we came here and we judge God faithful. You know, I, I'm, I'm, and I want to encourage you with this. And we just home folks here. Y'all, y'all been here a while, but I'm just, I'm just going ahead and tell you this. Twenty-two years ago in Panama, when God said, "Come build me a church." Twenty-two years ago, we came here. You know the story. We came with nothing, absolutely nothing. Now, 22 years later, we're still here. Some folks thought we wouldn't last. You know, you can't, you, you can't preach like that and get people. Well, I'm still preaching. God's still healing. God's still blessing. I just can't, I just can't, hold on. (laughs) Woo, Jesus, where was I at? Oh, And, and God said, come build me a church. I said, well, I go build a church. I don't want to go. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to come to Portland. My God, ain't nothing in Portland. But we came, and we believed God. And we believed God when we started out taking in two or three hundred dollars a week. And we didn't have a, we didn't have no finances. And we believed God, and we just believed God, and we kept believing God. Now, five years ago, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this to, 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 uh, 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 well, anyway, I'm going to brag on God. Five years ago, the, 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 uh, 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 a tax appraiser, they gave me a tax card on our property here. Five years ago, $1.4 million the place is worth. (laughs) 
Don't tell me God can't bless you. Don't tell me God can't prosper you. He took $42, and in 22 years, He's multiplied it to $1.4 million worth of property. I'm telling you, God is able! God can take care of your situation, and He's able! What it is, we just don't believe God enough. We sit and we think and we worry about it and we cry about it and we moan about it. But God wants to help you, bless God. Now I started out this morning, I said I'm gonna have, I'm just gonna do a little mild teaching. Everything be real mild and sweet. You girls looking at me like we, man, this guy is out there. I'm out there. Y'all, are y'all sisters? Y'all are so beautiful. I forgot my handkerchief. Where was I at? Praise the Lord. Um, but anyway, to see what God has done. Thank you, Arnold Palmer. <laughs> oh, but anyway, but when we believe in faith and we're standing on the Word of God, I want to tell you something, hon. Faith will always have a test. When you start standing and believing God for something that you can't realize and you can't see and you're believing for it, but faith will always have a test. And, 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 and God is going to, God is testing. God don't tempt you, but sometimes He'll have a test for you and see how much faith you really stand it on. We see the story, uh, and with Elijah. And we know that Elijah was the faith man, right? Called down fire from heaven, killed 450 prophets of Baal, and so he's a strong man. I can imagine when he's on Mount Carmel that he was walking in high cotton that day when he when he made the wet wood burn, when he killed the prophets of Baal. But here's Elijah. After all this has happened, in verse 41 of the 18th chapter, Elijah said to Ahab. He said, now I want you to eat and drink because I feel like rain's coming. Ahab, Ahab went up and eat and drank and Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel. He bowed on the ground, put his face forward knees and said to his servant, go look toward the sea. And he looked and he said, there's nothing. He told his servant, he said, seven times he went back. Seven times a servant obeyed Elijah. And seven times. That's what faith is. Your faith will always have a test. Most people are going to stop on number two. Most people might stop on number three. But let me tell you something. To get what God's got for you, you've got to keep going back. Bless God. I've heard, I've heard preachers say, well, now I prayed one time. We came out of a faith school. And I used to hear, hear these people say this. Well, now you prayed one time. That's it. Now let me tell you something. 
I keep coming back, bless God. If I ain't got the miracle, I'm coming back. I'm still believing God, bless God. I might have to come back seven times, but that seventh time is when Elijah's servant looked out over the sea, and Elijah said, what do you see? He said, I see a little man's hand. And what does that mean? That means God's coming away, bless God. I'm telling you this morning, honey, God's got a hand that's coming up out of the sea for you, and He's got a way to going to help you this morning. You just got to believe, bless God. God's moving in the realm of the unbelievable and the unsealable, bless God. And God is going to take care of the situation. And he looked up at Elijah and he said, yeah, there, I, I, I see now. And Elijah, now I want you to look at this, listen to this now. I'll just go ahead and paraphrase the thing. He told Ahab, he said, now Ahab, you the king, I want you to go to Jezreel because rain is coming. So Ahab gets in his chariot. Now you know Ahab is the king. And you know Ahab has got to have the best chariot and the fastest horses in the land. So what did he do? He told Ahab, let me tell you how big faith is. He told Ahab, go ahead and start. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a head start. You just go ahead and get in your chariot and you go ahead and go to Jezreel. Well, the Bible says that Ahab went ahead and got on that chariot and he's popping that whip and they're going to Jezreel. And the Bible says this, that, that, that Elijah, he said he girded up his loins. That means he pulled up his britches. Cause he getting ready for a race. Now, he done told Ahab, and Ahab is riding to Jezreel. Elijah hadn't even started yet. He's whipping that horse. He, he, he pulled up his birches, and then he starts running. The Bible said, I didn't say I said it, the Bible said that, that, that when, when Ahab got to Jezreel, uh, Elijah is standing there, and he got, he, he's sitting there, he said, where you been, bro? He said, my God, you left 30 minutes ago with that big white stud horse and in that chariot. Let me tell you something. God moved on, and, and Elijah's an old man. And 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 um uh, um don't y'all put this out on TV. And, and so uh, uh, Elijah uh, 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 is an old man, but God moved on an old man, and he outrun a chariot. He he outraced a chariot. Bless God. That's how big God is. Are you telling me that God ain't able to take care of your situation? Well, then, you know, Brother Herb, now he said, you know, now, now that's in the Bible. We don't really, you know, that's just a story. Now, you don't really believe all that, do you? No, i tell you what I believe. I believe it from Genesis to Revelation and everything in it. And I heard an old uh, preacher say one time that there's 32,000 promises in the Word of God. Well, all you need is one. All you got to do is have one and believe God. So he went down. So he had a great miracle. But what happened to Elijah? The same place where a lot of us are today. We've had a tremendous victory. And then we had, we see God's done a lot of things. 
But now that, look, look here, what that old witch said. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah, and here's what she said. Elijah, you killed all them prophets. This time tomorrow, I'm going to do the same thing to you that you did to the prophet. You are going to be on my dinner table, brother. I'm going to kill you. Now here is the fire prophet, the one who called out fire from heaven, the one that that outraced a chariot, bless God. And when trouble come, what did he do? He run to a cave. I, I'm just for the sake of time, I'm going to cut this short. But he run. The Bible says that when the word came to Elijah, what Jezebel said, that he said he went up under a broom tree. You know what he did? The Bible says he prayed that he died. It's in the Bible. He said he pulled up under a broom tree, sat down under a broom tree, and prayed, Lord, just go ahead and take me home. I don't want to fool with this no more. Sometimes we get in those situations. We've had so many problems and trials and troubles and tribulations. Anybody ever been tired of it? Well, everybody, the rest of you are lying. We've all had times where you just get to the point, you're just tired of it. We got no young children in here. A lot of times we get to the point we just say, to hell with it. You ever been there? Well, I guess I'm the only one. But he's up under a broom tree. And he said, I want to die. Then God comes to him. And look at here. And he went into a cave. And he spent the night in the cave. Then God come and said, Elijah, what are you doing? He said, look, I've done all this and I'm left alone. Then God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains. And broke the rocks in pieces. And the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. But after the fire, after the fire, after he'd gone through all of his problems and everything, so it was when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, and he went and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly, a voice came to him in a still, small voice. You know, sometimes what God will talk to you in the middle of the night, when you're all alone, when there's no distractions, and God will come to you, and He'll speak to you, in that little voice. And he said, it's going to be okay. You've gone through a lot of trials and troubles and tribulations. Been through a lot of despair and destruction. 
But I'm telling you, darling, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So he came to Elijah and he said, look, in that little voice, I'm here with you. Because he was faithful. That doesn't mean, here is, this was a faithful man. But he had problems also. But when he had, when he had gone through all of his problems and his trials, when he thought he was all alone, God showed up on the scene. I can tell you, when you think that God's not there, I can tell you He's there. But see, you say, well, how do I hear the voice of the God? How, how, how can I hear the voice of the Lord? You've got to get, get rid of all your extractors. You've got to get, get, get out of the external and get into the internal with God. You've got to get along with God. You've got to get along with you and God. And then God will start talking to you. You can't be a bunch of, you can't watch days of our, oh Lord. You can't spend time on days of our lives. Or as the world tumbles. You can't watch that junk. And, 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 and get over into faith. I tell people this, and, and, and you know, you can, I, I, you can get mad at me, whatever. I don't watch Christian TV. Because you know why? You can watch three different shows on Christian TV, and all of them have a different opinion or something. What you do is get with God alone. Well, you can get with God by yourself alone and listen to the voice of God. He'll speak to you. Well, how does he speak to me, Pastor? He speaks to you because God is a spirit. He speaks to you in the spirit. Now, it could be it could be times that he may come in an audible voice, but God speaks to you in, in, in the spirit. And you know what he said? He always said, God will never come to you and speak to you in your spirit and, and, and be brash and harsh with you. He will always come with a loving voice. It's going to be okay. You're going to make it. And it's going to be okay. But I can tell you that we serve a faithful God. What we got to do is just hold on. We got to believe. And we got some of you this morning. You know, I preach to y'all every Sunday. You say, well, it's the same old people here. But the devil. It's not asleep. He wants to come with all kinds of distraction and stuff to upset you. And everybody has problems. But I can tell you that we serve a faithful God. Now, I'm going to give you a little something here that will help you this morning. This is for some young lady here this morning. I want you to get to I got this early this morning from the Holy Spirit. Your self-worth is not based on who you are. It's whose you are. Your self-worth is not based on who you are. It's whose you are. Because you're a child of God. God loves you. And that's why that He cares for you. I went through the dictionary and I tried to find out about God. And so, I got over into the eyes, in the dictionary, the eyes. 
I thought this was pretty good. Are you ready, sweetie? I wrote this out, and here's who God is. Number one, He's inconclusive. And you can see the definitions on the screen. He's inconclusive. He's incorrigible. He's incredible. He's incomprehensible. He's inconsumable. He's indelible. He's independent. He's indecomposable. He's incorrupt. He's incladestant. He's irrefutable. He's irrepressible. He's irreversible. He's incorrigible. He's incorruptible. He's indisputable. He's incomparable. He's incontestable. He's indestructible. He's indefectible. He's indeclinable. He's incomputable. He's interplanetary. He's irresistible. He's irreproachable. And He's irrevocable. Everything He said cannot be revoked. Everything He says is going to happen. Whatever you're going through, I'm telling you that God is on your side this morning. You ain't got a problem. you got to hook up to the horns of the altar and believe God. Glory! Somebody help me this morning. That's who God is. And He's able to take care of your problems. Play me something.